So how's everybody doing this morning? How's everybody online? Welcome back. Glad you guys are here. My name is Chris Neal. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace. Also super pumped to be kind of like the coordinator and the facilitator of the men's ministry here. And you heard right. Yes, you heard right. Macho night, January 6th. Save the date. We got some great stuff coming for the men in this house in 2022. And also, congratulations, you all have made it to the last Sunday of 2021. Yes. You survived the windstorm. You've made it here. Man, it was so windy the last few days. But we're glad you're here. And welcome back to our series, War Paint. And so a few weeks ago, before our resounding Christmas, Tommy started this series called War Paint. And so some of you may remember that. Some of you may have slept since then. But in this series, like, we talk about things that are worth fighting for. And Tommy said this would be a reoccurring series, and we would come back to it from time to time. And so welcome back. This morning we're here to talk about something that I think is really worthy of fighting for. And so when Tommy opened the series, he talked about one of his fights that he had when he was in high school. And... Uh, he went to like a private school, Pulaski Academy, and during his, his fight story, like some of the stuff I could relate to in, in some, some way, and then some of the stuff in his story, I didn't really relate to it all that well. And so I thought it would be fun to kind of start out this morning and talk about how my fight story in public school <laughs> differed from Tommy's fight experience in his school. And so I grew up in a small town in West Fork, Arkansas. There are like 80 people in my graduating class. And so West Fork is super small back then, and some of you may pass it when you go to a Razorback game. It's close to Fayetteville. But the, one of the first things I noticed about Tommy's fights is that they were scheduled <laughs> and that they took place in fancy neighborhoods, right? <laughs> I'm sure they were. So uh, my fights, they broke out. I'm not sure why we were all back there. I guess we were watching the teachers on their smoke break. But we were behind this dumpster at the school watching the older kids and the teachers all have a smoke break, which is crazy. That's where our fights broke out, and they weren't scheduled, and it just went down behind the dumpster at the school. And then at Tommy's fights, he had these, these khakis and this, these polos with the collar pop, and they would, like... You know, insult, it's like shout insults at each other. And in my fights, I wore my wrestler jeans. Does anybody remember those jeans? Those things were indestructible. You could slide on concrete. They were just indestructible. And I had on my American Eagle t-shirt. That's right. It wasn't the brand American Eagle. This was a t-shirt with an American Eagle on it and a flag over it. That's what I wore. I had the sleeves cut off. Because that's what you wore to the gun show back then. You came to the dumpster to see the gun show. That's where I was at. But in my fights, like, people would actually get hit, you know? And the guys and the girls, like, like girls would knock you smooth out in Westford. Country girls. And people would get, like, bloody noses and black eyes or, like, this badge of honor. People get their mullets snatched right off their heads. That's what happened to me. But I'm telling you, you should see the other guy, okay? But, but as I really looked at all this, what I noticed in all this is that Tommy and I, early on in life, we spent a lot of time 
fighting about things that didn't matter. Like, I am convinced that I spent way too much time, energy, and effort fighting about things early on in life that were never going to make an eternal difference. And so in this series, War Paint, we're going to take this desire that God has given us to fight. Because I think we all have these, this innate thing inside us that wants to fight for truth and for no, like noble things. And so if we're going to fight, we might as well find some things that, that, are, that are kingdom focused. We might as well find some things to fight about that can make an eternal difference. And so even in the scriptures, like we see Jesus, we see Jesus pick fights, but Jesus, he fought, he fought for like truth and righteousness and hope. And Jesus, we see in the scriptures where he puts on his war paint and he fights for these things that make an eternal difference. But one of the most striking things that I've noticed about Jesus over the last few weeks is how Jesus fought to stay fully in the moment with the people that were right in front of him. And so I want to go through two stories this morning, and they're, they're two back-to-back stories found in Luke, and I want to show you how Jesus fought and, and, and to be fully present in the moment, and how he fought to be fully engaged with the people that were right in front of him. So you're like, well, that's not worthy of war paint, Chris. That's, you know, that's not worthy of fighting for. But I'm telling you, in this world of distractions, in this world where things are like fighting for our attention, I believe it is a battle worth fighting for. And I also believe that this is a battle with eternal implications. And so the first one I want to talk about this morning is Jesus. And he's on his way and he's entering Jericho. And if you want to, you can just close your eyes or you can just think about it like this. So if you can just imagine that Jesus is walking into Jericho and he has all these people, these crowds are following him and there's all these smells and all these things and all these animals and people are like struggling just to see Jesus because Jesus is coming they're looking to see him. And you can see people probably fighting through the crowds to see Jesus. And as Jesus approaches Jericho, There's this blind man on the side of the road, and he hears the crowds, and he's like, what's going on? What's all this about? And this is where we pick up the story in Luke 18, 35. So they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and he called out to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way, they rebuked him. They said, be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and he orders the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, he's like, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, I want to see. He said, Lord, I want to see. And so here Jesus is entering Jericho and there's this blind beggar by the side of the road and Jesus' friends, his disciples, they rebuke him and say, be quiet. This guy, he starts shouting even louder. He says, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and he stops in front of all these people and he stops in front of his friends, his disciples And he stops in all this stuff, and we see Jesus just stopping as everybody else is pressuring him to move on to something or someone that's way more important than this guy. But Jesus stops, and he engages 
with a single hurting man that no one else even had time for. And Jesus stops to see a man that wanted only desperately to see him. Sometimes it works both ways. And we see Jesus fully fighting to be engaged in this moment with the blind beggar. And through this moment of his undivided attention, we see Jesus make an eternal impact. Luke 42. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. So get the picture. Jesus is fighting the crowds. Jesus is fighting with his friends. I'm stopping. Jesus is on his way to do something else. But in this moment of obedience, as he fought to be fully present in this moment, this blind beggar experienced the presence of God in a new and unique way, and he was healed. And not only that, this, this experience rippled across the crowd as the crowd started praising God and the people were entering Jericho screaming, Jesus, you know, it's all kinds of craziness is going on. And so I want to ask all of you this question. Are you here today? And online, I want you to answer this question. Like if you guys are here today, say you're here. That's awesome. We have some people that are here. If you're online, you can type it in the chat. I'm here. I'm present. And the reason that I'm kind of making a big deal about this is because we all have these opportunities for our minds to go other places. If you're at home, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Who knows what's happening? Here, you might get a text, and your mind will kind of slowly sneak down to see if it's somebody important, you know? Or even some of you might initiate a text. Man, Chris is knocking it out. You know, so, some of you might initiate a text to somebody like, I'm tired of turkey and ham. Let's go get some cheeseburgers after this. And then your mind will go to like cheeseburgers and fries and chicken strips. Katie and I love some chicken strips, Billy. That's right. Billy knows. <laughs> because we all have things to worry about today, right? And we all have things to do after this service is over. And we all have things that are fighting for our attention. And I can't believe that, you know, Jesus, like he had some things fighting for his attention. Jesus had some other things he needed to do. Jesus came with the epic agenda of saving the world from its, from its sin. So I'm certain that some things crossed Jesus' mind from time to time of other things that he had to do. And even though Jesus was fully man and he was subject to, to this divided attention that, that easily seems to grasp us if we don't really fight for it, Jesus shows us in the scripture what it looks like when you stop and you fight that temptation to let your mind drift and you turn and you're fully engaged with the people right in front of you. And so right after this story, Jesus is headed on into Jericho. And I love this part because the Bible clearly says that Jesus was just passing through. Like he's just passing through Jericho. And so this is where we pick up the story in Luke 19, 1. So Jesus entered Jericho and was just passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was very wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was so short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot... He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, 
Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. And so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people, when they saw Jesus talking to a sinner, they cheered. No, they muttered. (laughs) They muttered. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And so here we have Jesus just passing through Jericho. He's already been interrupted once, like he was on his way to do something else. And this blind beggar, he stops for him. And now Jesus has been interrupted again by this this rich tax collector. And so Jesus, he, he stops and he knows this guy's name. Zacchaeus. And if you guys don't know about Zacchaeus, I would like to tell you about Zacchaeus like this. So Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Oh man, a wee little man was he. For he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see what he could see. Right? Man, this is awesome. So, <laughs> good job. And you, and man, if you went to Sunday school, you learned that song and it was a great day and you drank the Kool-Aid and you went home and you loved it. Right? Well, for those of you that are thinking we're all crazy online, come on back. But Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In those days, man, tax collectors were mostly corrupt. And a tax collector in those days would have like, been getting the Roman taxes for, for the Roman government. And so they would add a small or not so small fee to this transaction. And then they would keep the difference for themselves. And so Zacchaeus was probably one of the most despised people in all the city of Jericho. And Jesus sees him, and Jesus calls him by name, and then Jesus essentially invites himself over for lunch. And we already saw in the story that that Jesus was interrupted once, and that Jesus had somewhere to go, and that Jesus is super busy, and that Jesus is behind schedule, and that Jesus had already been interrupted by, by by this beggar. He had an agenda. He had things to do, just like all of us. But unlike all of us, Jesus stops. Like he stops and he fights to give this no good, despised sinner his full attention. And everyone in the crowd, man, when they saw Jesus doing that, they start to mutter, right? Because they don't see the value. They don't see the purpose of this moment of Jesus allowing himself to be present in this moment with this guy that nobody even knows, that nobody even really cared about. They were just mad at him. But look and see what happens when Jesus stops and gives his full attention to Zacchaeus. Luke 19.8. It says, But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus, man, he has like this moment of, of this beautiful, deep repentance in the presence of the son of God. And Zacchaeus, he kind of realized, man, I am a sinner. He realizes that I've stolen from people. He realized that, that I, I've hurt people. And in this moment, man, he is like deeply sorry for the things that he has done. And Jesus has an eternal impact on this man because he stops and he fights to be fully present. Like he fights to give this guy his undivided attention. And we see repentance and healing and salvation come to Zacchaeus' house that day. And Jesus, he's often seen in the scriptures like he's fighting 
Man, to give these people his full attention, to be fully present in the moment with whoever or whatever's in front of him. And I don't know about all of you, but I really want to be like that. I really do. Like, I want to be fully present in the moment. And I've been praying for several weeks now, and I've been asking God, like, help me to be fully present in the moment. Help me to be fully engaged with whoever or whatever is right in front of me. Like, I want to be where my feet are. I want to be where my feet are. But for me, being where my feet are is a little more difficult than it sounds. Because <laughs> I got a fake leg. And now you're wondering which one it is. But I got like a swimming leg and a jumping leg and a go to Sunday church leg and all these legs and sitting around the house leg. I have so many feet in so many places. At least most of you only have two feet to worry about. Amen. <laughs> but for real, I want to be where my feet are. And that's my prayer for all of you and for me in 2022. Like, I want to be where my feet are. And I want to not just be present, you know, like in the fun moments. And, and I want to not just be fully present in the meaningful moments. Because those are kind of easy, you know. And, and, I, and like the powerful moments and, and the outwardly like fun moments. Yeah, I want to be present for all those. But my prayer is, is that I'm going to stop. And I'm going to put on my war paint. And I'm going to be, like, I'm going to fight to be fully present in every moment that I can in 2022. And I even want to be fully present for the annoying moments, right? How many of you are in some annoying moments right now? Don't elbow them. Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't they're sitting beside you. But we all have these seasons, right? Where we have these seasons where life is just annoying and life gets in the way and things are happening. And I can remember when Katie and I, we had these two young kids at home and I would come home and I would see this sidewalk chalk everywhere. It's these pictures that were horribly beautiful. I would see them there. <laughs> And I knew what was going to happen when I walked in the house. Guess what? There was this sidewalk chalk dust all over the house. And then there was just this messes and, and these toys and these Legos. And I always stepped on the Legos with my real foot, <laughs> which is annoying. And I remember just being so annoyed by these toys and these messes and these things all over the house. And I'd sit down and I'd think to myself, one of these days, I'm going to come home and this house is going to be clean. And it's going to be picked up. And guess what? Then I'm going to be so happy. Then I'm going to be so happy. And what I did when I, when I was wishing those moments away, I was missing opportunities to be fully engaged with my kids. And some of you, man, you're there. You can identify with that moment. You are in that moment right now. And some of you wish you could have that messy house back. But most of us, we play this game that I like to call the win-then game. The win-then game. So one day when this happens, then I'm going to be super happy, right? We all play this game. We're probably still playing it right now. When I'm a senior in high school, I'm going to be so happy. Maybe when I get out of high school, that's, 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 that's it. That's when I'm going to be happy. Or maybe when I graduate college or maybe when I get through this trade school on Tuesday nights, that's it. I'm going to be, I'm, then I'm going to be happy. Then life will be complete. Or here it is. It's when I get the high-paying job. Yes. Then I'm going to be happy, right? Or maybe it's when I get married or have kids or when I get these kids out of these diapers. And then one day you're in diapers. 
and you spent your whole life just win-thinning your life away. And for so many of us, we literally like go through life wishing away the current moment that is right in front of us. So don't miss what you have right in front of you pursuing what you think you want later. Don't miss what's right in front of you pursuing what you think you want later. Don't miss the people that God has put in your life. So let me ask you all this. Are you still here? They're here online. Hashtag I'm here. But the statistical evidence would show that I've lost some of you. So there was this study done by the Harvard University. Mark would know. He reads it every day, the Harvard Journal. But anyway, 47% of the time, people's minds are not in the same place as their feet are. So 47% of the time that you're in a conversation with someone or you're engaged with someone doing something, 47% of the time you are not fully engaged with that person that you're having an interaction with. So 47% of the time you're sitting in church, you're not fully engaged. 47% of the time that you're at dinner with, with your spouse or your loved ones, you're not fully engaged. Or just when you're talking with someone or somebody at work that you're talking with or maybe somebody in your small group, 47% of our waking life, we are not fully engaged with where our feet are. And so this may be shocking to you, but they found one of the things that really fought for our attention. Can you guess what it is? It's this little beautiful thing right here. Yeah. And so the average person, how many times <laughs> do you think the average person picks up their cell phone every day? You wish 2,617 times a day the average person picks up their cell phone. And so they're just sitting in the moment and they reach over just to just check in the time. Or, or they reach over because, oh, I got a text. I need to send this text. Or they're doing social media. Or, uh, hold on. I got to check this email real quick. And then they're secretly doing TikTok cat videos while they're talking to you. <laughs> And other people are talking to you. But you know what you're doing when you pick this phone up and somebody is talking to you? You're saying with your actions that whatever you're saying right now, your words are meaningless to me. That's what you're saying to them. And that's just the average person. But here at Grace, we got some above average people. <laughs> we know it's true. <laughs> so they found that the top 10% they pick up their cell phone more than 5,400 times a day. The top 10%. That's kind of gross, isn't it? Anything else you touch 5,400 times a day? So I think after this service, we all need to go home and wash our phones. <laughs> Some of us need to go home and wash them, like wash them good. But that's thousands of times a day. You aren't in the moment with whoever or whatever is right in front of you. And so remember, Jesus, like he fought, he fought to be fully present in the moment. He really did. So let me ask all of you here and online, are you guys still here? If you're here, I need you to say I'm here. here. Yes. And I'm going to ask you guys to put on your war paint and to really fight to be fully present in these last few moments. Because I believe that God is here, and I believe that God wants us to see what really matters. But we have to want to see it just like the blind beggar wanted to see. 
So this moment, man, this is the most important moment of your life right now. And once this moment is over, you'll never get another moment like this again. So I'm asking all of you online and here to fight. Fight to be fully present in these last few moments. Because when we look at the way Jesus lived his life, like these moments and with people and, and interaction, interactions and things like that, they, they weren't interruptions. They weren't inconveniences. They were these moments and these opportunities for him to be fully engaged with whoever or whatever was right in front of him. And through this moments, man, these people, they experience God in a new and unique way. And Katie and I, we've talked to a bunch of you, and you feel like you don't have enough knowledge. You feel like you don't have enough experience like, to really make an eternal impact or a kingdom difference. And I'm here to tell you today, with this world of distractions and craziness and busyness, if you're willing to just put this thing down and just sit down and give someone your full attention, you can make more of an eternal impact than you realize. And so when we look at the story of the blind beggar and we look at the story of Zacchaeus, like these people, they were seeking the presence of God. That's what they were doing. And Jesus, by just being fully present in the moment, and by Jesus just like, I'm going to be where my feet are. And in that moment, he made an eternal difference. And in that moment, these people experienced God in a new and unique way. And I don't want you to walk out the door today feeling guilty, like, man, I can never get it. Like, I just, I just can't be present in all these moments. Because me, I get distracted like crazy. I really do. And I still end up wishing away moments right in front of me, thinking I want something different or I need to talk to someone else. But I also want you to know this. Like, I'm super tired of living like that. And so in 2022, I'm going to pray like I've never prayed before, and I'm going to put on my war paint every morning, and I'm going to fight like I've never fought before, and I'm going to try my best to be fully engaged. I'm going to try my best to be like where my feet are with the person or whatever it is that's right in front of me. I want to be fully present in every moment, and I hope you guys want that too. Like I want to be fully present in every moment. And when you think about Jesus and his beautiful story, like, if there was ever a time where Jesus had the opportunity where he could focus on himself for a few minutes, where he could just solely just be consumed with himself for just a few minutes, it would have been when he was hanging on the cross, right? I mean, come on. Like, he's the sin, the son of God. That's what we believe here at Grace. And he's been beaten, and he's been flogged, and he's been whipped, and now he's nailed to a cross. And right next to him is a sinner. Right next to him is a man who's a sinner. He's a criminal. But Jesus, in this beautiful story, like he fights to give this no good sinner his full attention in the middle of one of the most painful moments of his life. Like he's suffering. He's got to be hurting. And Jesus fights to be with this guy that wants to talk to him. It's a crazy story. He wasn't concerned about himself. He was concerned about this hurting man that was next to him. It's so beautiful. And after they talk for a few minutes, Jesus says, today... Today you will be with me in paradise. Man. And in one moment of his full attention, in one moment of this beautiful love that he has for all of us, like Jesus makes an eternal difference. And so let me ask you all this question. What impact could you have in 2022 by fighting to be fully engaged in every moment that you have? Like what impact could you have
How could you bring healing and hope and life and purpose to other people in the world around you? The answer is, is you got to fight. Like you got to get up every day and you got to put on your war paint and you got to fight. You got to fight and say, today I'm going to be where my feet are. Like you got to fight and say, God, today I want to bring your smile and your love and your hope and your presence to the lost and hurting people in this world. Like I want to fight to be where my feet are in 2022.